I mentioned earlier, uh, you had your fingers in a lot of legislative pies over the course of this session. Every time I looked up, there was Houston Gaines involved in some bill or other. Most notably, and we'll start with this one, I got most of the attention, uh, the district attorneys and any number of pieces of legislation, but, but all kind of under one umbrella, dissatisfaction with some DAs, including the one in Athens, Deborah Gonzalez. Uh, step us through what we're going to get with what passed and what the governor's going to sign into law. Sure. Well, there were uh, several of us who worked very hard to make sure we address district attorneys and prosecutors who are not doing their job. Right now, there is zero oversight for DAs and solicitors who are not enforcing the laws that are on the books. Unfortunately, we've seen that right here in our community where you have a district attorney. And this was outlined in a writ of mandamus that I believe you've covered extensively, uh, where there have been issue after issue seen whether it's assistant district attorneys you know, resigning. I think there's been 35 over two years. That's the equivalent of every position turning over twice over the last two years in that office, whether you've seen the incompetence on a number of very high-profile cases where the district attorney's office has lost or whether it's simply failing to bring charges on, on, uh, Kate, on, on, on issues that on day one the district attorney said she wasn't going to enforce the laws uh, they were on the books in our state. That's not the role of the district attorney. The district attorney's job is to enforce the law and prosecute the law. So what we put together is the prosecuting Prosecutor's Oversight Commission, very similar to what judges have, where they have the Judicial Qualifications Commission. Judges, if they're not doing their job, they would you know can be brought forward before the JQC and can be suspended or removed from office. The Constitution outlines and, and contemplates what we've done here with district attorneys. It says by general law that the General Assembly can pass legislation that could remove or suspend district attorneys. So what this oversight commission will do, it'll be other prosecutors, other district attorneys, uh, and folks that are involved in this arena, and they will take forward and look at uh, issues that and, and complaints that are brought forward about district attorneys and solicitors and I, I fully expect, you know, that, that uh, one should and could be brought forward here in the Western Judicial Circuit. And then it would be up to that commission to take a look at it and see what the appropriate response would be. The legislation also have and included what uh, added to the duties of a district attorney to make sure that district attorneys under law, their job is to review each case and under their oath of office prosecuted. Their job is not to write a memo and say, I'm simply not going to enforce parts of the law. It, it includes that as part of the duties of a DA, and it ties that to the recall statute. So if you don't, if you're not doing your job, you'd be subject to a recall. Uh, and so this bill, it has all of that contemplated. Uh, in Senate Bill 92, there were several folks who worked extremely hard on this, including Representative Joseph Gullett, Senator Randy Robertson, our local legislative delegation here. And I'm really excited and pleased that we got this bill over the finish line and it's on Governor Kemp's desk. And he is expected to sign it. State Rep. Houston Gaines with us. Uh, I'll do another legislative matter. Uh, and this one dealing with the homeless population uh, yeah. and ways that local communities deal with homeless folks, uh, the unsheltered among us, and a couple of different aspects of this one as well. I saw you talking with, I think it's Channel 2 or somebody the other night about this. Uh, what, what you say, it says in part that the bills that have passed now. Uh, listen, you local governments, Athens, Clark County, the rest of y'all, simply enforce the ordinances you already have on your own books. That's right. It's a simple bill that, that says it has really three components. One is 
to your point, enforce the laws and ordinances you have on the books. It's that simple. And I'm not so sure why that was so controversial, but that's all we're asking is local governments to actually do their job and, and enforce the ordinances they have on their books related to camping and homelessness. Uh, and so that's, that's part one. Part two is an audit of spending. There is a lot of money, especially federal money, that has come through uh, related to homelessness. Let's make sure that the spending has been done efficiently and most usefully. And so there will be an audit of spending done this year on homelessness, local, state, federal funding, and where it's gone and how we can most use it effectively. Because there is a lot of money, and when you, uh, when you take a look at how that's being spent, you know, we believe there may be greater efficiencies. So that's the second component. And the third component is that local governments and entities can't just take a homeless individual and drop them off in another community. We've seen this right here in Athens where uh, actually a business owner just a couple of weeks ago, and this is why I worked hard to get this in the bill, a business owner brought forward to my attention that in the middle of the day, another community, uh, local government, brought and dropped off a homeless individual in front of his store. That individual became a problem for not only his store, but the senior living facility next door. Um, and that, that's not appropriate. Homeless individuals should not just be, it's not good for that, that individual or for the community for folks to just take individuals and drop them off in other places. Well, I've been asking about that. I've been asking for evidence of that because I've been hearing about that the 25 years that I've been here. You know, that county, they just load up their homeless and they bring them to Athens. Uh, you attributed this, or, or the, your constituent did. Guy shows you a picture, says, here is another government bringing a homeless person, dumping them in front of my store here. How do we know? How does it, I and mean, tell us what you can see in that picture that, that tells us this is actually happening. Well, I talked to him. I talked to uh, folks at the nursing facility next door. I also talked to our law enforcement. I talked to several people in ACCPD uh, who who worked to uh, verify that story, but also shared other uh, situations where this is happening in Athens, where, you know, very rarely is it what I'm describing, where it's in the middle of the day at 2 p.m. Uh, oftentimes it does happen in the middle of the night, uh, and and uh, but but there's no doubt that this is occurring. Um, and our legislation contemplates a way to, uh, to, to, to make it clear that's not something that should be happening under state law. It would apply to local governments and to hospitals. That's been another issue is where uh, hospitals have taken individuals and dropped them off. Um, and so this puts something in the law to make sure that you know, is not legal uh, and a mechanism to address it. State Rep. Houston Gaines with us. Uh, Sonny Perdue, former governor, university system chancellor. Now, uh, griping about cuts to the university system of Georgia, $66 million impacting UGA, I'm led to understand, at the tune of about $12 million, even though the University of Georgia is not one of the places seeing declining enrollment. The university system system-wide is. Uh, talk about those cuts for a moment and why we have to deal with them. Sure. Well, the House worked to uh, restore the cuts that were, were put in the budget by the Senate. The Senate originally put $105 million in cuts to the university system. We worked hard to restore over a third of that in, in budget negotiations toward the end of session. Obviously, uh, that wasn't something we, we were su supportive of, uh, but it takes both chambers uh, to come to a budget agreement. Um, and so ultimately those, those cuts are there. It will impact UGA. That's something, uh, that, that, that I was working hard to restore those cuts. And the House made significant improvements over what the Senate contemplated in its budget and the final negotiations, uh, restoring again over a third of those proposed cuts. 
The budget, though, does have, you know, while that may be an issue of concern, it is an issue of concern here locally. We have several items in the budget that I am excited about that we've worked really hard on, including a new state patrol post in Oconee County, uh, the Music Hall of Fame funding uh, in, the, in the new Classic Center Arena, uh, Watkinsville and East Athens library funding, several University of Georgia projects, including Phase 2 of the Ag Hill uh, project, and then issues statewide that, that I've worked really hard on, including raises for our law enforcement state patrol, $6,000 for our frontline law enforcement officers, and $4,000 for all state law enforcement officers. Another bill that I've worked on and that is included in the budget is funding for tuition grants for students with intellectual disabilities who attend what are called IBSI programs, including at the University of Georgia. It was actually the very last bill we passed at about 12.20 a.m. on Wednesday night, um, and that, that I'm thrilled to see it get over the finish line. This is actually a program that, that I worked on when I was a student at the University of Georgia, Destination Dogs, allow students with intellectual, intellectual disabilities to attend university, the University of Georgia and some of our other colleges and universities. We have the funding in the budget, a million dollars to fund that, and the bill is now passed. We also set up a cold case unit within the Georgia Bureau of Investigation um, that, that I worked hard on through not only the funding aspect, but House Bill 88 was another measure that I worked on, the Coleman-Baker Act, which I believe you've covered some mm-hmm. uh, on your program as well, to help us address unsolved homicide cases in Georgia. Um, and so I'm really excited uh, about the, the vast majority of the budget. I recognize in every budget there are some issues that uh, we don't all love, but, but the vast majority of the budget is a very good budget. And uh, certainly, I think the House did its job to make sure it's, uh, it, it, is, it is a very positive uh, budget for the state of Georgia and one we can all be proud of. And finally, let's go on this one. Circle back to where we started here. And the governor signed this one, I think, right after it hit his desk. Uh, the, the transgender, gender-affirming medication matter. Uh, so much controversy in so many other states and now in Georgia. Essentially saying, uh, you're under the age of 18. You're not going to get these irreversible surgeries and some of the medical procedures. You, I suppose, uh, if I read right, were supportive of this measure? I was. You know, listen, we're... we're you know, we're just recognizing that uh, on irreversible surgeries and treatments with lifelong consequences that we're going to protect children. You know, we know that under 18 at the time of, uh, of growth and, and brains aren't fully formed until well after the age of 18. But under the age of 18, we're just believe that children aren't in a position to, to fully comprehend the lifelong changes that are a result of permanent and irreversible decisions. And so that's... Uh, what Senate Bill 140 addressed. State Rep. Houston Gaines, Athens Republican, another legislative session in the books. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thanks for having us, Tim.